0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you.
1: Happy Saturday to you on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Jimmy Cook in the big chair filling in for the coach, Bob Lovell. Already an hour and a half of fun under our belt. Still more to come. Kevin Bowen of 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan will join us as we look at the Indianapolis Colts schedule, what the future holds for the franchise, plus Brendan King of the South Penn Cubs as well. But first, we go to the star of the show. It's Network Indiana's James Adams.
2: Right in Major League Baseball, the Arizona Diamondbacks and San Francisco Giants. That game has gone final. The Diamondbacks, they get the 7-2 victory over the Giants. The Giants did score in the first inning and would hold the lead till the sixth inning. That is when the Diamondbacks put up four runs. The Giants would score again in the eighth, but Arizona would respond with three eighth-inning runs of their own, which included a two-run home run by Dominic Fletcher. The Giants now sit at 17-22. Arizona is twenty two. And 18. Currently still going on at the bottom of the ninth. In fact, that should be wrapping up right here. The Phillies will be beating the Col- Colorado Rockies 7-4, it looks like. That game should be wrapping up here soon. Okay, earlier today, the GMR Grand Prix of Indianapolis, our winner, Alex Pillow, he started third, would finish first. He led for 52 laps. Here is what it sounded like when he finally crossed the checkered flag.
3: 14.7, his averaging finish on the road course at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That's going to significantly
1: jump up. Mark James, help bring home Alex Pillow. Uh With American Legion sponsorship on one of the side pods, he is a likable young driver and he will come off of turn number 14 and see the twin checkers in the air. Alex Palo, a dominant run. He led 53 laps on the day. He goes to victory lane by 16 seconds over Pato Award. Alexander Rossi will take the third spot. Christian Lundgaard with the fourth spot. Felix Rosenquist completes the top five of the GMR Grand Prix.
2: Some more highlights coming at you from the race. Here is Alex Pillow retaking the lead halfway through the race. He retook that lead from Christian Lundgaard.
4: Here comes Alex Palou, a strong move into turn number one. Lungard's reds are used up. Alex Palou makes
1: a look to the inside, and he'll make it look easy. Alex Palou back to the point here in turn number one. He'll swing through turn number two and get about a four-car length advantage over Christian Lungard. Now the question is, how long will Christian Lungard stay out on those reds? Alex Palou, four-car lengths.
2: Your top 10 for the race. Alex Pelot took first. Pato O'War took second. Alexander Rossi, he took third. Christian Lungard was fourth. Felix Rosenquist was fifth. Scott Dixon. He took sixth place after starting ninth. Joseph Newgarden he took seventh. He started thirteenth. Marcus Erickson, eighth place. He started seventh. Colton Herta, he finished ninth after starting fourteenth. And tenth was Graham Rahal. He started eighth. As I said earlier, Alexander Rossi he took third place. His teammate Pato O'Ward, also finished second. Here's Alex Alexander Rossi on Arrow McLaren getting two podium finishes.
5: We've always been uh, really strong on Sundays. We just haven't. We haven't really qualified well, so that's the big the big focus for us on the seven car. Um, but the fact that Aaron McLaren got three cars in the top five, like that's in, the, in this field and with this competition, that's a huge testament to the organization and what we have going on here. So it's a, it's a big confidence
2: boost and good momentum going into uh, the most important race of the year. And here is his teammate, Pato Award talking about what went right and wrong today.
5: Man, hats off to them. I, I just think they were extremely strong today. Uh, they really were, so congrats, congrats, Alex and Chip Ganassi. But uh, for us, I mean, we're two, three, and five as a team. I think that's pretty freaking phenomenal. And uh, you know, the guys gave us a, a great race car. Um, we were kind of just running our own race today. We were, you know, we were there fighting with Lungard and you know, between all of us teammates. Uh, but once I got in front of them, I, you know, I kind of knew I kind of, I just had to try and minimize the gap that I had with Alex. But I, I just think they were they were very strong today. Um, but, yeah, so we were just kind of hanging on there in the end, just trying to, to not destroy our, our, uh, our Reds
2: and, and uh, just bring it home. Yeah, bring some solid points. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm James Adams.
1: Jimmy Cook here with Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. In nine days, Colts franchise quarterback, or who they hope will be their franchise quarterback. Anthony Richardson turns 21. Man can't have himself a drink yet. He can't do it. Not old enough. Got to wait till you turn 21 there, Mr. Richardson. But not bad in terms of his career path to already be set to be under center one day for an NFL franchise, living out his dream as the Colts take him with the fourth overall pick in last month's NFL draft. And the debate's between now and September whether it's in your local barbershop at your local restaurant in between meetings at work in front of the water cooler whatever it is or or right here in talk radio land the debates are going to be there but regardless of which side of that conversation you sit on whether you believe that he's going to magically get better or worse for sitting behind Gardner Minshew for an extra three weeks is a moot point because unless the Colts publicly come out and say, we are sitting him for the 2023 campaign, he's going to be out there at some point. And we had Derek Schultz on earlier and I've already discussed this. If I was in charge, which I'm sure some people say, well, thank goodness you're not. But if I was in charge, you're putting him out there week one, it's a repetition and it, it's a repetition issue For him right now. 13 starts are to his name. Last season. That's it. It's all he has. It's all he has to show. For his potential NFL credentials. And by all accounts. He's able to process things. At a very high level. He is. To use the cliche. First one in. Last one out type of player. Even as a. Weeks old rookie. At this point. Over at West 56th Street. And. There's more to it than that, right? You ultimately have to play the games. you got to perform on the field. But you can set yourself up for high-level success by doing those little things, by establishing good habits and good routines as a rookie. I say all that because if what we're being told is true and if what we've seen at Rookie Mini camp is true and if what we expect to see – At training camp up at Grand Park in July is true. He should start week one. That's where I stand on that issue. It's time to get him reps, let him learn from his mistakes on the fly, and see the hopeful next cornerstone of the franchise blossom in front of our eyes. But if that doesn't happen, and they do go the route of Gardner Minshew being a placeholder for him and letting him get a feel for the NFL, you have to look at the schedule and figure out, well, where's a good place to drop him? And there's really only two pathways if it's not week one. It is week seven and eight. That is home versus Cleveland and home versus New Orleans. You put him there, it gives the fans a taste of what the Anthony Richardson era is going to be like. They've been waiting and shopping at the bit since his name was called back in April. They finally get to see him. Then he would go to Carolina and have a showdown with the number one overall pick. In Bryce Young, a potential Frank Reich revenge game on the table at Carolina. And then he's going to Germany, and he's leading the franchise at the international level when they take on the Patriots in a breakfast with the Colts aspect there, a 9.30 start time across the pond. And then you have the bye week to evaluate things. That's path A. And I think that makes the most sense. Give him six or seven weeks to learn. Again, if he needs it, drop him in there. Let him get comfortable. And you have a bye week to reassess. The other pathway, again, is for some reason you decide to let Minshew have the reins. You don't think Richardson's ready. This would be from a processing standpoint, right? He's not picking up everything that Shane Steichen wants him to do to a point that he feels like putting him out there would do more good than it would harm. That's not on his mind. He thinks it's going to do more harm than good. Okay, fine. It's a 10-week trial for Minshew. A 10-week learning period for Anthony Richardson. You wait till after the bye week After that trip to Germany, and then you have seven games, weeks 12 through 18, that are Anthony Richardson's for the rest of the season. That is his ability to prove it on the field, what he's got from a first-year standpoint. You're getting seven games there against the likes of the Bengals, the Raiders. You'll have Tennessee mixed in there as well, Tampa Bay, Atlanta, and Houston, not entirely in that order. But those are your two pathways. If you're a Colts fan that's trying to figure it out, maybe buy tickets and jump the gun for his debut. If it's not week one, those are really only the two logical pathways for where you would drop a rookie quarterback in. Again, if you're starting him this year and also assuming there's no injuries in front of him to Garner Minshew. But when I look at the schedule, I look at it being the fourth softest schedule in the league. This is an opportunity for repetition and baptism by fire for the high power rookie out of Florida. You start in week one and be done with it. We'll dive deeper into that conversation around the corner. Kevin Bowen of 935-1075 the FAN will join us on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
2: All games have gone final in Major League Baseball. The Phillies they held on to beat the Colorado Rockies seven to four. That win will bring the Phillies to twenty and nineteen on the season. For the Rockies they dropped to sixteen and twenty-four. Other games today, the Kansas City Royals, they lost to the Milwaukee Brewers three to four. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they lost to the Baltimore Orioles 2-0. The Guardians of Cleveland, they beat the Los Angeles Angels 8-6. The St. Louis Cardinals beat the Boston Red Sox 4-3. And the Texas Rangers, they shut out the Oakland Athletics 5-0. Earlier this week, we had Colts Rookie Minicamp. Obviously, all the focus was on the Colts' new quarterback, number 4 overall pick, Anthony Richardson. However, there is another player that's been catching the eye of Colts fans, and that is Josh, Dow- Josh Downs. Here is Colts offensive coordinator Jim Bob Cooter talking about Downs.
1: I think he's going to be a really productive part of our offense, and I think the, the role that he carves out for himself will kind of define itself over this offseason, over training camp. Um you know, you, you, you mentioned at one point in there just being a little bit of a different body type. I do think there's some value in that um, just with how you attack a defense, especially within matchups, within looking for mismatches, uh, guys that can do different things well. And a lot of times those guys do come from different body
2: types. Cooter was also asked about Richardson starting week one. Here is his response to that.
1: Yeah, listen, I'm not getting into playing time. I'm not getting into I'm not getting to rep numbers or rep, you know, what who's repping what with who. You know, that's just not going to be a part of part of what I answer.
2: For Network Indiana Sports, I'm James Adams.
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200mg at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
1: Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Happy Saturday night to you. Thanks for spending part of your evening with us. I'm Jimmy Cook. Joining us now as we continue our conversation with the reactions to the Indianapolis Colts schedule is a host on one of our very own sister stations, co-host of Kevin and Query. You know him as well as the Colts beat writer on 107.5thefan.com. He is Kevin Bowen. KB, how you doing tonight? Jimmy Cook. Happy Saturday, man. How are you? Can't complain, man. Colt's schedule just released the other day. NBA playoffs in full effect. I mean, it truly is another checkmark on the excitement that is springtime on the sports calendar.
4: It is. Yeah, this is for me, you know, It's kind of like the final, you know, major event the NFL has turned into, you know, mid, m- mid-May, I guess uh looking forward obviously to the rest of the month of may here locally but i i always enjoy the schedule release i think you and i are kind of on the same page with that and uh some of the unique aspects to it this year for the colts but nice to have some dates and some times to put together here as we plan the uh, rest of the fall and the winter
1: let's dive right in with that Colts schedule release obviously came out this past thursday your initial takeaways to the hand that was dealt to the colts by the uh, nfl schedule makers
4: yeah, I guess several things stand out. I mean, obviously the big one is uh, Sundays at one o'clock. I saw JMV had a great tweet that said, "I haven't seen so much Sundays at one o'clock since General Hospital," <laughs> um, and I think that's probably pretty accurate. Uh, every game but two, uh, Carolina 405 in early November, then obviously the game in Frankfurt at that 9:30 kick. That, that's it. Everything else is Sunday at one o'clock. The I mean, NFL adopted this a few years ago where you don't have to be in prime time at least once this year. So I think it's the Colts, it's the Cardinals, it's the Texans, and I want to say it's the Falcons. I believe those are the four teams. None of them have a primetime game. And I think the NFL's message is an element is you got to earn it. And, you know, Jimmy, you and I have had conversations in the 24, 48 hours after schedule releases before, and I have largely, and I think – I hope accurately kind of carried the Colts water and saying they deserve more prime time. I have said that for many years, it's kind of dumbfounded me how they have not been a team that has been chosen for prime time, particularly at home. Uh, But I can't do that anymore. I mean, when you go four 12 and one and you have the uncertainty quarterback, like they do, you just can't slot them. You know, into that. And obviously, the scar tissue from all of us witnessing that Thursday night football, I I guess you would call it a game between the Colts and the Broncos last year, uh, probably adds to Amazon's displeasure and not wanting them on Thursday night football this year. So I would say those are the things that stand out. Just a couple of other items that I would mention. I don't think the quarterback slate is very daunting at Lucas Oil Stadium. I mean, last year you had Patrick Mahomes, Justin Herbert, and Jalen Hurts. This year, your best quarterback is maybe Trevor Lawrence in week one. Um, So that stands out to me. I don't think the road schedule is very menacing either. You talk about the biggest or the most difficult road atmospheres in the NFL. I don't see any of the top four or five on the Colts schedule. Foxborough might be one of them, but obviously that game is now in Frankfurt, Germany in the 48,000 seat stadium. So, um, I think all those things kind of stand out to me, and maybe we can get more into this a little bit later, but I do think week one provides a good opportunity to play Anthony Richardson r- r- right away. So, um, yeah, on paper, it's a pretty tame schedule for the Colts.
1: There's one thing that you mentioned there, Kevin Bowen of 107.5, the fan, and of Kevin and Query, nice enough to take some time with us here on Indiana Sports Talk. There's one thing you mentioned there that I've had some some pushback from Colts fans as well, and it's referencing that Broncos-Colts game. And I get it. It was an atrocity. It was horrific. It was painful. People lost years on their lives on both ends of fandom. There, whether you Colts <laughs> or Broncos, having to sit through that. I get it. I would also point out two other things, though. One, the Colts won that game. Now that should matter with how you're baselining, you know, the schedule of two teams. But I say they won that game because the Broncos went five and 12 last year and got what four primetime games this coming season. And I get it. One of them inherently is going to be, well, you have the Chiefs, and that makes sense, the division rival. You have it on prime video. Totally get that. That's fine. But you look at – got a Week 11 matchup. I know you don't have it in front of you right now, but just to bring you up to speed with it because I know you saw it earlier, Week 11 – against minnesota okay that's fine 8 20 primetime game for the broncos great that's cool did they have to have that could you have sprinkled one the colts way when they play the Bengals or, or or when they match up on one of their back half afc south games i just i get it i understand maybe they're not deserving but people at least the nfl anyway are banking on russell wilson getting back to form and sean payton's hopefulness to return the broncos back to a former glory that i just i don't see And I feel like it was almost misguided for them to get four and the Colts don't get one. And that's just one example where you look down the line and think, really, you couldn't throw one bone to the Colts? Yeah, you
4: know, part of me thought entering last you know, I guess sort of on Thursday night, you know, could the Colts have finagled their way into a Thursday nighter, um, an Anthony Richardson, Bryce Young in week nine, for example. I mean that, that that on paper, that would be pretty enticing. Now again, you're banking on both those teams having the rookie quarterbacks under center in week nine. You know, I think what benefits Denver several things. And as you pointed out, they're in the best division of football. So I think you have to acknowledge that. So mm-hmm. just right there, they have six games that are pretty darn good. The Colts don't have that in the AFC South. You said they play the NFC North. Is that correct? Is that the is that the crossover division?
1: Yeah, that's right. They got the Lions, the Vikings, the Bears, and the Packers.
4: Yeah, and obviously the Colts play the NFC South. So it's just it's not at the same not that the NFC North sure. is some juggernaut this year, but it's still not at that level from the NFC South standpoint. And as much as uh, I would probably push back on this, I just get how TV markets and and TV, I guess, um, whatever companies work. You know, Sean Payton has more clout than Shane Steichen. And we'll see if that's the case in three or four years. But as of right now, Sean Payton's resume, obviously, is different than than Steichen when you say, hey, you know, here's our promo video of the coaches on the field tonight, et cetera, et cetera. Do I think four is a bit much? Yeah, certainly. Um, You know, because the Colts, again, have squeezed into a Thursday nighter. Yes. I will say this about the Colts schedule. And you and I had this conversation on Friday, Jimmy. I look at that opener, Jacksonville at home, and I think that is an ideal opener. And for several reasons. One, first off, you're at home. Secondly, you're playing a team that brings zero fan base on the road. Jacksonville does not fill up a road venue. So it should be a lot of Colts fans, if not 98% of that building, in week one. Um Two, and this is me maybe thinking a little bit deep into the weeds with it, but you know, Jim Bob Cooter, the Colts offensive coordinator, comes from Jacksonville last year. And you know, if you're trying to get Anthony Richardson ready for week one, if you're nervous about that moment, you would like for him to have some familiarity with that team. And I would think, I mean, you don't play the Eagles, you know, outside of Philly, I would think from a coaching staff standpoint no one would know an opponent better than your offensive coordinator who works so closely with Anthony Richardson, having come just from Jacksonville, where their coaching staff obviously has been retained from the previous year. So for all those reasons, the anticipation of week one, the energy in that building, um, you haven't won an opener since 2013, which is just such an astonishing and and rather sad statistic. Uh, For all those reasons, I am all in on Anthony Richardson starting week one, and there's many more than just that. But I think people are nervous about the schedule release. Should that or will that impact the Colts with Richardson? To me, no one will give you a chance in week one. Sounds like a perfect time to throw out the rookie. Plays poorly, people will chalk it up to, yep, it's a pretty good team. He plays great. You've built up some great excitement heading into week two.
1: We'll talk more on Anthony Richardson in our next segment, but I want to go back to the schedule and back to the Jaguars for just a second. What are we doing kevin this is now the second time in probably three years that matchups that could factor into what happens in this division are stacked in the first six weeks it is a travesty that the jaguars series for the colts will be done by october they did it with the titans a couple years ago i just don't get it
4: yeah i i think you're on something there um and I, I thought the NFL, and correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know. I mean, you're obviously a Chiefs guy, so maybe the AFC West is different. I thought the NFL was more about, like, backloading divisional slates instead of front-loading mm-hmm. divisional slates. Like you said, last year it was, what was it, five of the first seven, if I'm not mistaken, yep. for the Colts. Uh, in the AFC South this year, it's four of the first six. So, again, I don't totally understand that. Um, and there's a stretch there where the Colts will play, what, one divisional game and, like, three months, two and a half months, something like that. So it doesn't really add up to me. I do think there's an in- interesting element to get into about the rookie QBs, like when you could face them, because, you know, I mentioned earlier how it's not a daunting quarterback schedule at home. I mean, Trevor Lawrence is probably the best one, maybe Derek Carr, maybe Matthew Stafford. There's a lot of young QBs you could see, though. And Bryce Young is one of them. Obviously, CJ Stroud within your own division. Potentially, Will Levis within your own division. Um, You know, Kenny Pickett, Desmond Ritter in the month of December as well. So considering the Colts and how the route they will or maybe should go at QB, that will be a storyline almost every other week with the Colts schedule this season.
1: That's Kevin Bowen joining us. He'll be back for one more segment where we'll look at the Colts schedule further and where might be the best place for Anthony Richardson to get his first start. Stay with us on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
2: All right, all scores are final now in Major League Baseball. Earlier today, the Chicago Cubs, they went to the Minnesota Twins, and they got stomped. The Twins win 11-1 over the Cubs. For the Twins, Alex Kirloff, he homered twice, one in the first inning, one in the third inning. Joey Gallo would also have a three-run home run in the third inning for the Twins. Jorge Polanco, he would get two a two-run home run in the fifth Carlos Correa would also hit a home run in the seventh for the Twins. For the Cubs, their only run of the day came off of a Tucker Barnhart single when Chris Morrell got home. The Cubs now sit at 19-20. The, the Twins are 22-18. and 18. Some other scores from the day. The Mariners beat the Tigers 5-0. The Rays, they lost to the New York Yankees 9-8 after the Yankees mounted an incredible six-run comeback earlier the Braves they beat they lost excuse me to the Toronto Blue Jays 5 to 2 in Toronto. The Washington Nationals their game against the New York Mets has been suspended. It will resume tomorrow at 12:35. The Nationals were up 1 to nothing in that. The Texas Rangers they beat the Oakland A's 5 to nothing. The St. Louis Cardinals they beat the Boston Red Sox 4 to 3. Cleveland Guardians, in Cleveland, they beat the Los Angeles Angels 8-6. The Guardians are now 18-21 on the season, the Angels 21-19. The Pittsburgh Pirates, they lost to the Baltimore Orioles 2-0, and the Kansas City Royals, they lost to the Milwaukee Brewers 4-3. I'll have more scores and more audio coming at you in about 15 minutes for Network Indiana. I'm James Adams.
1: Welcome back to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Jimmy Cook here happy to be bringing you some action on a Saturday night. We continue our conversation with Kevin Bowen, Colts beat writer from 1075thefan.com as well as the host of Kevin and Query. You hear him on 1075thefan and 93.5thefan 7 to 10 a.m. throughout the week. And KB picking up where we left off, you brought up an interesting point when looking at the Colts schedule and looking at week one with Jacksonville. You and I, I think are in the same boat as long as it's clear from Steichen and company that Anthony Richardson is processing everything from a mental capacity to where, okay, it's repetition he needs now. Let's put him out there. That's what I'm banking on. I think they should start him week one. It feels like – I know it's early, but when you look at that and try to map it out, you're in a similar boat of when you think he should be under center for this team.
4: Yeah, I'm a huge advocate of him playing early. I I don't think people realize how limited or how small the 13-game sample size is. It's one of the smallest – really an NFL history for any drafted quarterback, especially one to go in round one, especially one to go top five. And, you know, I think you could pull out some case examples of guys that you you still haven't seen play enough in the NFL. Trey Lance would probably be a top at that list as a former top five pick. You know, a lot of people would counter with Patrick Mahomes. Um, You know, your guy, Jimmy Sat year one, I mean, you know, this full well, but just to, you know, give our audience a little bit of context, Patrick Mahomes played 32 games at Texas tech. I mean, 32 is a pretty big number compared to 13. So, you know, that I don't think is the exact apples to apples sort of comparison that you're looking for. Um, And and I just think we got to get the win loss thought of this season and put that on the back burner. You know, I'm all for competition. I'm all for trying to win, but uh, that's just not the reality. I think the Colts need to necessarily live in this season. And, you know, when you when you look here in our own market and you see how people reacted to the Pacers season, I mean, if you went off a win loss record for the Pacers this season, it, it's one of the worst years the franchise has had in 10 12 seasons. But yet, have you ever heard or have you come across anybody negatively talking about this Pacers season? Uh, I I haven't. You know, I think Pacers fans have realized okay the growth of Tyrese Halliburton, the growth of Benedict Mather and other young pieces. The fact that you still end the year with a top 10 pick, you obviously showed signs of winning at different parts of the season. And that's promising. And you don't want to go. zero and 17, but you know, I, I don't think the Peyton Manning era becomes the Peyton Manning era without Edgar James in 1999, when three and 13 Peyton's first year turned into 13 and three And you know what? Peyton had another kind of setback, or the Colts with Peyton had a setback in 2001 when, you know, after a a nice kind of year two and year three, they were, what, 6-10, and I think it was, in 2001, and they drafted Dwight Franey. So I don't think you achieve one of the best decades ever in NFL history without Edger and James and Dwight Franey. So as much as you would like to have Andrew Luck 11-5 and in year one, You saw how Andrew Luck drafts occurred after him and how that ended up, obviously, Um, I think, stunting how great that Luck era could have been. Certainly other circumstances as well. So that's why I am an an advocate for playing Richardson early. His development is vital. But also, let's get away from win-loss. If the Colts have a top-five pick uh, next April, it's not the end of the world by any means.
1: Uh, My grandfather-in-law. By the way, shout out Joe Neely Sr. Would have been the only one of the camp to be disappointed with the season they had. But he watches every game and is also a Reds fan. So I know it's a double (laughs) shot there to you, too. I apologize for that one. Uh, I'll be a great American next weekend. Looking forward to it. Yankees are in town. Anyway, I digress. I want to go back to a second, though, with Anthony Richardson in an alternate universe where we don't get our way. Kevin Bowen joining us here on Indiana Sports Talk. And they don't start him right away, right? Let's say they feel like, okay, he needs a couple weeks to get comfortable for NFL life, get a feel for what it's like in that quarterback room, et cetera, et cetera. You look at the schedule, and the biggest thing that I looked at for alternate avenues for him is either week six to seven – or sorry, week seven to eight. That's Cleveland and New Orleans. Those are two home game avenues that will get your feet wet, get the Colts fans on their feet to be able to finally see this face the franchise. Then you'd have that road showdown in Carolina with Bryce Young versus Anthony Richardson, Frank Reich revenge game potentially, and then he's off to Germany, and then you have the bye week to reevaluate things. Or the other side of that coin is wait till after Germany, after the bye week, reevaluate where your season really is. And if you don't think you can truly do anything special or of note with Minshew, you have seven games under your pocket with Anthony Richardson under center. How do you feel about those two pathways in terms of Germany in the bye week really being a parting of the way, so to speak, for what the Colts can do, assuming Richardson is in fact playing year one?
4: Sure. Yeah, it's a great point to bring up because I think a lot of teams inevitably fall into the, hey, where's the bye week? Can we insert the rookie QB around that time? And like you said, it week 11 for the Colts this season, or what is it? Is it later than that? Week no, you're right. You're on the money. The you're week. on the money. Week 11. Yep. Week 11, yeah. It's November 12th. That's that's the 12th that I was thinking of. Uh, that's the game in Frankfurt, and mm-hmm. then the bye week comes after that. Um, again, I am a fan of playing them earlier. Um, you know, I, I don't want to get too, like, you know, shaming on wins here, but You know, there is an element of me that like, wow, Gardner Minshew might be the second best quarterback in the AFC South this year. And all of a sudden, if you start this season like Jacoby Brissett and the Colts started in 2019, they went, you know, five and two out of the gate with Jacoby Brissett. And people are like, whoa, you know, hey, Andrew Luck. (laughs) I I don't think anyone is actually saying that. But, you know, you know what I'm getting at. Obviously, five and two was a great start. And all of a sudden the wheels fell off and that season ended and the Colts missed the playoffs and the Colts had a middle-ish first round pick and the rest is kind of history. Like it's not like that season matters and you didn't find like a major impactful, you know, future quarterback in that draft when you probably should have been looking for one, you know, as soon as luck did retire. So that's kind of the danger that I think you run into with Mentu, of like, if you do get off to a good start, which again, I feel like I'm, it's very wishful thinking for me to even go down this path, but just throwing out the hypothetical find the awkward stance of like when or if, you know, shouldn't you turn to Richardson? Are you turning your back on some guys in the locker room if you were to do that? That seems to be a bit awkward and again, the bye week just for me doesn't fall in the most natural areas a little bit later in the season with that. So um, I think something to trust with Shane Steichen with all of this is this is a guy that I think has a great grasp on not throwing a playbook on top of a quarterback, you know, being very open-minded and willing to hey, this is what you did well in Florida. This is what we feel like we did well with Jalen Hurts. These are our strengths. These are our weaknesses, et cetera, et cetera. And so it's not like you need to throw the whole playbook on him week one. I mean, you could very slowly build from a playbook standpoint, integrate more things week in and week out. And you know, when you look at the two you know, most common comparisons to you know, Shane Steichen's resume to Anthony Richardson, it would be Justin Herbert in 2020. It would be Jalen Hurts each of the last two years. You know, Herbert was not the rookie starter for the Chargers. I mean, this is a guy that, you know, Tyrod Taylor was the rookie starter. It was a COVID year. That probably contributed to Herbert not having as much, um, you know, reps uh, during that offseason as, you know, typically he would have. And then all of a sudden, a freak accident happens with Tyrod Taylor from a medical standpoint. They throw Justin Herbert in there. And all of a sudden, Herbert throws to the most touchdowns of any quarterback in rookie NFL history. And then you fast forward to Hertz. And Nick Sirianni is initially calling the plays in 2021. It's not going great. They turn the keys over to Sirianni, or excuse me, to um, Sykin. And Hurts really takes off. And boom, the Eagles make the playoffs. And obviously last year, you know, he's an MVP candidate, and they are a player or two away from winning the the Super Bowl. So I think his history indicates let him – he will know how much kid gloves he needs to have with Richardson. And and I kind of trust him in that. And I guess lastly, I would just say this. I don't, and you and I have had this conversation before, Jimmy. I don't think there's a a position in professional sports that differs more from practice than a game than quarterback, Mm -hmm. particularly in the NFL. And you literally wear a different color jersey. So to properly script, to properly create an environment to where that quarterback is used to something, I think you have to put him into game settings for that again it went great for Andrew Luck it went awful for Peyton Manning so you have two of the spectrum here with quarterbacks in this market I think you put him in there you try to speed up that development as best as you can and if nothing else I think you get a clear answer and and Richardson doesn't strike me as a guy that will be too like I'm not succeeding that's going to mentally impact me I think mentally he's wired in a way that you would want so I'm not worried about scar tissue fracturing him mentally. I think he's pretty mentally um, you know, stable, for lack of a better term.
1: 20 seconds here, rapid fire. Would you rather have the international game or a primetime game? Oh, give me the international. Yeah, i just think the
4: exposure being over there. Great storylines with Bernard Ryman. You know, he's going to go back to the Luck family, Bjorn Werner. We've done the primetime song and dance here locally. Play the primetime, or play the international game, 9.30. Get out of the way. By 1 o'clock, boom, we're good. Either the Colts win and you celebrate all day or they lose and you move on with your day.
1: That's a great thing. I'm right there with you. It's also always a great thing talking to you, KB. Thanks for making the time.
4: Jimmy Cook, have a great rest of the show, man. Always enjoy it.
1: Thanks so much, KB. That's Kevin Bowen. You hear him on 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan weekdays, 7 to 10 a.m. on Kevin and Query. We'll be back with our final scoreboard update
2: of the night on Network
1: Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.
2: Final scoreboard update of the evening. Let's quickly touch on the NBA playoffs. The Lakers beat the Warriors 122-101 last night. They advance to the Western Conference Finals. They will face the Denver Nuggets there. Game 1 of that series is set for Tuesday at 8.30. Miami beat the Knicks 96-92. They also win their series, and they go to the Eastern Conference Finals. They await the winner of the Philadelphia-Boston series. Game 7 of that series is set for tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. All right, one last look at the GMR Grand Prix results. Our winner, Alex Pillow, second place, Pato Award. Third place, Alexander Rossi, fourth, Christian Lungard, and fifth, Felix Rosenquist. Here's second place finisher, Pato Award, talking about shifting his focus from the GMR Grand Prix to the 500. Uh,
5: we're ready. I mean, our 500 started a couple weeks ago at the Open Test, so we uh, so to get back on Tuesday and just, we want to make it better. We want to make it the best we can, and, uh, you know, come race day, we'll, uh, you know, we'll try and and, and give ourselves that opportunity once again, and yeah, see where we
2: where we stack up. The Colts play in Germany next season. Here's defensive coordinator Gus Bradley talking about when the team will leave for the trip.
1: Um, you know, I think as you go through it, it's uh, you know you try to. Get, it depends. I don't
0: know exactly you know our time schedule. Are we leaving Sunday after the game, or we leaving Thursday? I don't know those things. But I think that you get used to it, and you plan, and you can get your
1: preparation in.
2: Again, the Colts play in Germany next season. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm James Adams.
1: This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I am Jimmy Cook in for the coach, Bob Lovell. Time to head to South Bend. Get some South Bend Cubs action in our lives. Get some Brendan King action in our lives. The voice of the South Bend Cubs at B-King Sports. Nice enough to take some time with us here on IST. BK, how you doing?
0: Whether it's audiobooks or all time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at kisqali.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you.
3: You and know, you're killing it on the air. What's up, Jay Cook? Always a pleasure to have you, man. Or always a pleasure to be on with you. And uh, can't wait to be back with you this week for some 500 actions. The best month of the year, my friend.
1: Couldn't have said it better myself. I'm looking forward to having you back in the Circle City as well. A little bit of time between now and then. And tonight, South Bend Cubs got to take one on the chin. Wisconsin Timber Rattlers. By the way, I probably would have gotten there eventually because of Wisconsin and the Brewers, but I, I would never have guessed that that was the affiliate of the Brewers. Uh, epic uh, epic logo for sure. Uh, but uh, the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers, I digress. Knock off the South Bend Cubs 4-2. to two. 10 hits given up tonight. What happened out there, BK.
3: Yeah, Jay Cook, it was actually a Saturday matinee, beautiful 70-degree day up here in Appleton. And actually, I'm driving back to the team hotel now. The uh, coaching staff went out to dinner and uh, across the street from Lambeau, which was unreal. I've never been to Lambeau before, um, and it was sick. Kind of got Wrigley vibes from it, just kind of how historical it is. You know, Yankee Stadium in your sense. But, uh, yeah, no, today, tough day, 4-2 final. The first three innings, Jay Cook, Wisconsin got a run in the same situation. Eric Brown Jr., their leadoff man single, then he was brought home on another base hit by Ben Metzinger, but the Cubs did have a comeback in them. Jay Cook, they scored two in the top of the fourth inning on a two-run single by Bryce Ball, where the Cubs got in the Jock Peterson trade a couple years ago from the Braves. Uh, Ball's been really good since he got back to South Bend, but, uh, you know, Wisconsin did score a couple late runs, and they've won three straight now in this series, so it's an opportunity for South Bend tomorrow, Jimmy, to Get back in it and uh, try and split the series. We go to Beloit on Tuesday.
1: BK, I want to end on a positive note, and I understand only you and I really care about this, but I I want to give you a flourish of happiness to carry you in uh, to tomorrow's showdown as you wrap things up in Wisconsin. Your Florida Panthers, our Florida Panthers, Eastern Conference Finals bound. Uh, just your takeaways from that as we kind of wrap up our conversation. I, I know you're over the moon, having been a Panthers fan for longer than I and one of the most diehard Panthers fans that probably is uh, <laughs> <laughs> this side of Nashville. <laughs> uh,
3: exactly, man. I, I, I know hockey isn't the sport of choice in our state, but but man, I you know, coming from Chicago, I'm glad people can... Really rally around the team, like guys oh, rallying around the Florida Panthers, if beating the Boston Bruins, beating the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, those are two massive upsets, Jimmy. I-, I can't even go into. That's like a 16th seed beat and a one, Jimmy, in the NCAA tournament. The Boston Bruins are the best regular season in NHL history, and the Florida Panthers beat them in- now and finally take down the Leafs. And a big battle coming up here against the Carolina Hurricanes. It's going to be a big series, but looking forward to watching it with you, my man.
1: We have a, a yeah. little less than a minute. Uh, your confidence level going into the conference finals.
3: Uh, this is a team playing with the most confidence I've seen a Panthers team ever, Jimmy. So uh, it's going to be a tough series. Carolina, to me, plays the same style of hockey in your face every single minute of every single game. So you're going to need to take what you did against Boston and Toronto and bring it back to the table. Two times harder. And if you can do that, you're going to go to the Stanley Cup final, Jimmy.
1: Man, it's something that I don't think either one of us would ever thought that uh, would be on our plate, let alone uh, an appearance in the Eastern Conference Finals. And and no doubt the Florida Panthers will make the most of it. He is Brendan King, the voice of the South Bend Cubs. 210 first pitch time, Eastern time in Wisconsin tomorrow for the Cubs. Join Brendan King with that call. BK, always appreciate you making time for us. Can't wait to see you here later in the week.
3: Jimmy, I will see you soon, my
1: friend. Love you. Thank you. Love you too, homie. Always appreciate Brendan King joining us. We'll wrap things up, get what we're most looked forward to in the Sunday sports calendar around the corner on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Back here for the final time on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, Jimmy Cook in for the coach, Bob Lovell. Thank you again for spending your Saturday night with us here on Indiana Sports Talk. A lot goes into guiding us through 930 to midnight here on IST. It's a hardworking crew across the glass as well as behind the mic. Chris Parker and James guiding us through the proceedings this evening. Gentlemen, great work as always. And as I like to do whenever I'm the substitute teacher here, I like to turn over to you guys in this last segment. Kind of get a feel for where our pulse is for the sports calendar uh, you can start in any order, but in terms of tomorrow, whether it's this week you're hyped about the Pacers draft lottery, anything that's coming up here in the next seven days that you're really locked into uh, from a sports perspective,
2: be it citywide or na- nationwide. Uh, I think for me, I'm definitely looking forward to the uh, Boston Philadelphia game oh, tomorrow. Yes, yes, we've had. I mean, this has been a great playoffs for the NBA. It's been a lot of fun. Um, I'm really looking forward to that game. Like you mentioned, the Pacers lottery that's important too. But I think just for specifically tomorrow, I think I'm going to be uh, planting myself in front of the TV and watching uh, how that series concludes. Parker, Chris.
1: Jimmy, I'm looking forward to uh, being a little bit of a homer for my Colts. I gotta, I'm got, looking forward to that Area 51 connection. It happened in a hotel parking lot. Now I want to see it happen down the street at Lucas Oil. <laughs> so you're playing the long game uh, there. I me, respect that. I appreciate it. Colts Chris, what do you fan, got? But also a rugby fan, so I'm looking forward to watching some more Indiana rugby. I like that. I I I very much like that, Chris. It's outside the box, but but it's still a a lane of passion that we all have. Like I I'm a big horse racing fan. So we had the Kentucky Derby. My dad uh, raced horses. My late father for a long time. So uh, I'm right there with you. The the unique sports. It's always good to have that perspective. And uh, shout out to Indiana rugby there for sure. Uh, James, going back to what you mentioned, you know, it is a Massive game seven tomorrow. Uh assuming you're still with me here, James. Do you have a lean? Do you have a rooting interest tomorrow? You're just kicking your feet up, getting your popcorn ready for game seven. Uh
2: I don't really have much of a rooting interest. I think if you really wanted to twist my arm, I would say I probably am rooting for the 76ers just because I'm a Colts fan, so I can't ever root for Boston or anybody <laughs> up there. Um but I, what I'm really interested in is that uh the Lakers Nuggets uh yes, conference finals. Absolutely. That's that's gonna be interesting.
1: You had a turn the clock back game from LeBron James. James last night. He has 30 in the putaway game against the Warriors to potentially end their dynasty right there. That's going to be the the talking fodder throughout the next couple of months. What happens at Golden State? Uh, but I'm I'm right there with you in terms of that series. It's going to be phenomenal seeing uh, Jokic and Davis and, and and Jamal Murray going up against the likes of D'Angelo Russell and Dennis Schroder. That'll be fantastic. Then uh, of course LeBron being LeBron. I'm looking forward to seeing if I mean. T- t- Title number five is now on the table for LeBron James. That's something that I didn't have in the cards. when they started the year two and ten. Uh, as for tomorrow night's or tomorrow afternoon's Game Seven, uh, I'm pulling for Philadelphia as well. Uh, I'm also not a big Boston guy either. And just for Joel Embiid, I would love to see him get an opportunity to be a step closer to making it to an NBA Finals. And Philly hasn't won a title in 40 years. That would be really special. Uh, it's been fun working with you guys all night, and uh, looking forward to hopefully doing it again soon. Special thanks to Tony East, took us through Pacers Avenue. Mark Janes recapped Gmar Grand Prix. Derek Schultz covered both Colts and Pacers. KB, was all Colts and Anthony Richardson. Brendan King with some South Bend Cubs. And I am Jimmy Cook. You've joined us all night here on the legendary history-making Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. We'll talk to you next time.